everyone, Dave and Jeff. Podcast right after the Chiefs Patriots game, yes. and this might have been the greatest day for us, at least as sports fans, that I can remember. Where you have the AFC and NFC Championship game that go to overtime. How uh, crazy is this? Unbelievable! I had the Rams game on the radio because I was out with my boys, so that was crazy. But you know what, Dave? I will. I will say this: uh, you, uh, your dad, yeah. We're Rams fans, and I have two really good buddies that took me to a Rams game this year that have been friends of mine for 30 years, that when the Chargers left, they were able to do what I wish a lot of people did. Fuck, man, they cut the cord that day. They were done. They don't give a shit. They immediately became uh, Rams fans. My buddy Rob has been a season ticket holder for three years. My buddy Scott is part of the Inland Empire uh, Rams fan club. Yeah. So they get together every Sunday, and these guys are 100% in on the Rams. I could not be more fired up for for those guys, for you, uh, in the memory of your dad. And I'm fired up for my boy Carlo Chiquetto, too, because I love <laughs> Carlo Chiquetto is such a nice dude. Yeah. And I'll fuck with him sometimes on Twitter. He's just such a good dude, and he loves the Rams. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm probably missing a couple of people. And with all respect to Drew Brees and anybody from New Orleans, man, I, I I like Sean McVay. I'm not a Rams fan. I just I thought that was great today. It has nothing to do with Dean. It has I couldn't give less of a fuck about the missed call. I really don't. Uh, there just, are missed calls on both sides, but that's the one people will remember. Yeah. Um. But but I'm I'm really stoked, man. Yeah. I'm I'm really really happy for a lot of really good people that I know that it's their team that's in. You know what's really kind of crazy about it? When you talk about your love for the NFL, as I, yeah. I, I told you, you and I have known each other for such a long time, and before we even got into you know doing radio shows, I knew you were a Viking fan. Right. And you've given me a hard time over right. and over again because when I first started falling in love with football, and my dad stuck me with the Rams, and I've said to him 8 million times, how could you stick me with this shitty team? Not in those <laughs> yeah. words, but I was like, they break a heart every year. Right. Every year, they're the best team. They're the number one team in the NFC. Every year, yeah. growing up as a kid, and here come the Cowboys or the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, and we'd fucking lose. Yeah. And it wore me out to say, when are we ever going to go to a Super Bowl? And yeah. it would go over and over and over again, and it seemed like when you're a kid, you know, one year seems like, you know, basically 10 seasons, mm-hmm. and you're just going, you're heartbroken to the point you're almost crying. You can remember when your teams yeah. lose, and you feel like it's the end of the world, and you want to cry. And you sit there, and I'm watching at the very end, and the Rams are going for that game-winning kick. And all that was going through my mind was watching football games, of course, with my father. You know, I uh, remember my mom used to give me the Sears catalog. Always. Around November. And she would say, you know, Christmas is coming up. And she would say, hey, go through the catalog. Pick out some stuff you want from the Rams, and and that's what, you know, I'll see what I can do. So and so well, there's Rams pajamas. I have a Rams Always. lamp. I have, you know, all those yeah, little Rams all helmets. Shit. All this shit. That was all the stuff that was going through my head as they're kicking to go to the Super Bowl. Because when yeah. they played the Titans, that was a bad one for me because that became my new team. I was rooting for oh, the Titans. Yeah. My dad was a season ticket holder. The Rams wearing the uniforms that I love, now representing St. Louis. Fuck that team. Yeah. I know exactly what Charger fans were feeling. Right. That's the last team you want to beat you. And that's exactly what happened. This was, for me, pretty cool. The Los Angeles Rams. When the Rams went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers, and I was in, like, second grade, I think. And I wasn't even living in in Southern California. I was living in Tennessee at the time when it happened. And so today was was cool. Not saying all the magic's back, but there are a lot of memories. All the guys you just mentioned right there, the history, of course, with my family and everything else, that this was a good day for me being, being a sports fan. 
Now, yeah. at the same time, I, there are people out there who are big Ram fans, like you said. There are a lot of celebrities all of a sudden that are at these Ram games. Mm-hmm. So the guy that I know as far as celebrities go is the number one Rams fan is Taron Killam. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Was in Silent Live yeah, and yeah, he has yeah. a TV show now. He came out on Jimmy Kimmel like four months ago wearing a full Ram suit, okay? Like the kind you'd buy at Men's Warehouse. <laughs> and it's all Rams. And he comes out and the crowd's cheering like Jimmy Kimmel. You and I have been there. Yeah. And he screams out three times in a row, whose house? And he's waiting for them to go back to Rams' house. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. And I write to him and I said, this is a great day. It reminds me of being a kid. I go, Taron Killam and Nicole Eggert know what I'm talking about. And they, right. bo- they both immediately jumped in the conversation. Oh, no way. Nice. It cracked me up that they both jumped in in the, in the whole thing. But anyway, it was it was cool. But yeah. I, I, I did say to you when you and I were last on the radio, when the, uh, we said the Chargers were leaving, mm-hmm. if you want to stick it to Dean, the team you should root for is the Rams. Yeah. Because nothing is worse for Dean and his wallet than the Rams oh, winning. Right. And we're saying if you're just a, a fan that's tired of being hurt by basically politicians, become a Packers fan because yeah. it's owned by the city. They aren't going anywhere. That's a perfect example of everything you want to be if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Pick one of those teams. Then we just threw it out there. But anyway, it, it's, it was interesting. The games were fantastic yeah. today. You know, oh, how, how much of the Patriots-Chiefs game did you catch? I, had, I was out with my sons. We were, if you're following on social media, um, I won two straight days. <laughs> basketball competition yesterday i fucking kicked their ass when's the last time you shot a basketball uh well we play like i'll tell you exactly what happened okay. today we went uh, we played yesterday and we hadn't played in a couple of weeks because of the weather and i'd been gone and we just go with my 11 year old sons and we play pig but we always do the same shit which is they'll play for like 45 minutes one-on-one yeah and i get up i never warm up and i just go right in and I win some and I lose some. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of trash talking. There's Ric Flair struts going on. That's awesome. My son, Jack, hits legitimately, cannot hit shit from the free throw line. <laughs> yeah. Fucking kid hits everything from an NBA three-point line. That's awesome. This fucking guy bombs from the outside, fucking kills me and his brother. So I had uh, I had that game on, but they wanted a rematch. And because I'm a champion, I fucking said it's on. Yeah. And I beat him again today. That's hilarious. Um, what do they say when you are they in complete disbelief, or they just think yeah. you're the greatest player of all time? No, I said to him today, driving up, uh, because they said, uh, "Do you want a rematch?" And I said, "Yeah." And I have a really good friend of mine that fucking stabbed me right in the balls today by saying, uh, <laughs> "Saying, hey, you playing again today?" And I go, "Yeah." And she said, "I got lunch that you lose." <laughs> and I go, "Really? Is that fucking right?" And I said to them today, I go, you know what? I go, let me tell you two little shit something. Yeah. I go, I'm that broken down old stallion in the movie. And I said, the only one who loves me is that little blind kid who's got one leg longer than the other and pats that stallion a little too hard (laughs) when he smacks him in the face. But guess who wins at the end? The stallion and the 13-year-old kid in the diaper. And they're like, what? (laughs) Jesus. What? And I go, I'm just telling you. After that bullshit, and I'm cussing at him, after that bullshit text I got today, yeah, I'm not losing. That's funny as hell. So we had the game on the radio, um, but then for the Patriots game, we went and we had, uh, we heard um, third quarter on yeah. the radio, and then we got, went and got a bite to eat, watched the entire fourth quarter in overtime. Fucking great. I mean, 
the biggest dick in San Diego is a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I mean, this guy, he doesn't have the biggest dick. It's funny. The biggest dick probably has the littlest dick. Fucking douchebag. And I, I was so fucking thrilled that the Chiefs lost because I know tonight he's just sitting there eating his fucking tapioca pudding like a douche and trying to figure out what happens next. But, uh, Dave, I'm telling you, even if they had won, that fucking Pat Mahomes and Brady, I loved that. That game was so fun. It was crazy. 38 points in the fourth quarter. It was fucking great. It just was fucking great. And I know people bitch about overtime and everything else. Just really not having a uh, horse in the race. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. But if the Rams win for my buddies like yeah. you and, and the others, I want them to beat the Patriots. That's who I want you to win. I want you to beat the Patriots. I want you to beat Mike Tyson. I want you to beat the best. I, I don't want you to go and say, hey, because who the fuck cares about the Rams in Kansas City story? Nobody, right? Five guys, Rick Powers, Missouri, <laughs> that a big story for him. <laughs> it's so crazy to see the Patriots get the Lamar Hunt trophy in their locker room. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were like, bullshit. Those guys yeah. are throwing bottles. But, um, yeah, I mean, Breeze against Brady would have been pretty wild. Yeah. But, we said last week, you, you couldn't miss on the matchups, right? right? No matter right. what you got, there's going to be some great storylines in there. I think for a lot of the young kids out there and even the people that aren't even you know playing football yet, like, let's yeah. say your boys. Yeah. They're, they're going to love Pat Mahomes for years. Right, right, you know? right. But then there are those guys who are in their 40s and look at Tom Brady and go, that guy's still doing it. Right. Almost like him and Breeze kind of represent us. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Kind of a deal. It, there would have been great storylines with those two guys. But I tell you what, you and I, we always talk about, especially off there, we don't do a lot of it on there, but Ryan Lindley's become a real good yeah. friend of ours. And Ryan Lindley's coaching with the Browns now. If you remember Ryan Lindley, I don't even know how this happened. One day we got to ask him exactly how it happened. But I remember when he was on the air with us, we couldn't ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff went to Ryan Lindley before yeah. the draft. And he's the guy that got those guys ready. Coached them both. For the NFL. Well, last year's, you know, that Carson Wentz, that Eagles team, was basically yeah. he got them almost to the finish line. Yeah. And then Jared Goff a year later. I mean, yeah. Ryan Lindley has to be feeling pretty proud today that two guys he helped get ready for the NFL, back-to-back Super Bowls, their teams. Yeah, incredible. Which reminds me, just a quick story. Uh, Jacques Césaire used to do a charity event. They called it J-Bowl. It was yeah. him and uh, uh, why am I, uh, I Quinn Chammer. Okay. And they would do it, J-Bowl. They asked 1360 to come out and put a couple of teams together. And Dave and I had a team. Costa and Steve Hartman had a team. And Ryan Lindley showed up at the event. Yeah. And Ryan Lindley wanted to bowl. And Mike Costa said to him, hi, Shuggy. <laughs> Mike Costa said to him, no, you're not welcome here. Yeah. And it hurt Ryan Lindley's it, feelings. It I'm not going to lie. Shocked. And Dave and I were there with open arms to welcome him. And guess what? Mike Costa, the very nice young man, Topher Costa, and Steve Hartman got their ass kicked <laughs> that night. <laughs> not only did Ryan start coming to our team, Costa walked right behind his head, leaned over, and mocked his the words, he fucking sucks. Yeah, That's what he, he said. Did. He said he fucking sucks. And, and we said, how, okay, we'll take him. Funny how Pete and Point Loma... And a couple other guys, along with me and Dave, we beat the dog shit out we of We did. Him. Like, I, I would say to Costa, we should have your mom walk in here with a plastic bag over her hand and pick all of you up <laughs> and throw you in the local trash can because that's what you are. And I love Tove Costa. He's a wonderful kid. 
He was a weak link that night. Let's say what it was. Hartman will say it. <laughs> Hartman didn't hesitate to point fingers. He, he proved one thing. Hartman's the worst loser I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, terrible. Wouldn't shake hands and were straight to the car. Straight to the car. He took it hard. <laughs> Went home to his air mattress. <laughs> but, yeah, awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, that was that today. Was, that was, that I was like crazy. the matchup, Dave. I really do. Yeah. I, I don't... Uh, you know, our pal Linda Walby loves the Pats. She's had a rough year. Everybody knows somebody who's a Patriots fan, right? Right. Susie D. Yep. Oh, shit, Dave. That's true. Oh, shit. Yep. I hadn't thought about that. Sorry, Rob and Scott. <laughs> a lot of sausage on that side of the fence with my girl Susie D. <laughs> God, dad. Dad gummit. Dad gummit. How strong do you think the, the Patriots are? You watch that team. and Do they look like just an old oh, team that's doing the fumes? They look like shit. I, I didn't like anything about that team, but there was some way that they're resilient enough to continue to come back and find a way to win. It's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. On the road, no real impact, big-time, legit number one wide receiver. Nope. Grinkowski, Eight, nobody even wants him right. anymore. He 80, looks like he's barely doing it. 84-year-old quarterback, fuck, you know, defense. You lose uh, coordinators all the time. Yep. Yeah. No, it was crazy, man. It was. It was absolutely, absolutely. But I don't insane. hate him. No. Because I think Dave, in a couple of years, when Parity comes back to the NFL in the AFC, and it's Kansas City one year, and it's the Raiders probably four years in a row. People look back and go, "Wow, that was a pretty exciting yes. era of NFL football." Think about it. The Patriots era started all with that bullshit tuck rule. Yes. You know, should have been the Raiders yeah. in the Super Bowl that should year. Should have been. John Gruden would have never left. <laughs> Changed everything, that fucking tuck rule. Changed everything. All right, from a gambling side of things, let's see how good uh -huh. you are. What is the line? Ooh. And I'll, I'll ask you the over and under as well. Oh, I like that. I'm going to say. I know. I know the answer, so I want to see how good yeah, you are. No, You're pretty you. good. I, I'm not looking at anything. I know you I'll have tell it. You the truth. I just got it right now. Um, I'd say New England's going to be favored? No. Really? Rams are favored. Ah, that's funny. I would have had New England the favorite. Okay. It might New change. Yeah, New England to me would be the favorite just because of the experience factor. You're playing on a neutral field. Yeah, you have Brady, you have Belichick against Sean McVay and and Goff. In Guys, a dome, weather's not going to be a factor. Yeah, now that to me, I would have made New England the favorite, so I'd already bet that. Uh, in that situation, though, I'll say the Rams are favored by four point and a half, which is a weird number. Usually, don't see that number. Yeah. A point and a half. So you, you can see that changing dramatically. A, yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I will guess within two weeks the Patriots yeah. will be favored. I'm going to say the Patriots end up by three. To me. So I'm, right now might be a good time to jump on that bet then. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty even right now. Then over under 47? Funny you say that. 56. It's a high number. That's a high number right there. 56 indoors is what they have right now. Hmm. That's a high number. I may go the unders on that. So right now, if you're betting today, you would take, take the New Patriots the and the under. Yeah. yeah, I'd take New England. Yeah, I'd feel pretty good about the under number. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, you look at Gurley and C.J. Anderson, right? I mean, yeah. if you want to establish the run and do that. Uh, and then uh, Michelle, right? I'm trying to think about the guy, James White, who was running for New England. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Boy, that's a shootout. Yeah, I may take, I may take the uh, – I may take New England, even though I want the Rams to win. Um, but just from betting, I take New England to the under. Okay, so I, I can't disagree with that either. I would probably go. I'd definitely put money on the on the Patriots in that one right now before it changes. And uh, 
God dang, I'd probably take the under too. I think Belichick's going to kind of keep him in track. He's going to give yeah. him two weeks against that Rams team. Um, here's the interesting stat to me for the Patriots. They've represented the AFC in five of the last six years. We all know they've done the last three in a row, but five of the last six years is pretty impressive. Off the top of your head, do you know who the team is that went that wasn't the Patriots? It's really funny. Uh, would you say how many years? In five Ravens? of the last six. Ravens? No. It's not the Ravens. <laughs> when I give you the answer, you're going to be pissed. Right. It's going to be stupid, right? Yeah, it's going to be dumb. Okay, hang on. Think about that for a second. Okay, go ahead. God damn it. I did the same thing, and then when I realized what it was, I was like, God, I'm fucking dumb. Uh, it's probably, who is it? It's the Broncos. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was like, how the fuck That's do right. I know? Peyton. Yeah, Peyton Manning. That was it. It was the Broncos and Panthers. We were there. No shit. San Francisco? <laughs> yes. The Super Bowl 50? So we met Lisa Ann. Yes. Hey, hey. Well, how do you do? <laughs> you know, that's, I'm not going to get into a lot. I I am really uh, saddened by some of the jealousy that I see from some of you on social media. Hey, not hey, it's not my fucking fault that she likes us more than she likes you. Maybe you pull your fucking pants up and wash your hands now and then, huh? Huh? What do you think about that, you sticky finger little fuck? <laughs> So that that that's 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 your Super Bowl breakdown. Yeah, right I like there. it. I like it. There, uh, there you go. I'm gonna get into this real quick. Okay. I would like it if Ron Fowler stopped talking immediately. <laughs> oh my god, am I sick of Ron Fowler? What a smug. What did he think was gonna happen when he did this interview and told you everything when he pulled the curtain back, um, or pulled his curtain back? Who knows? Who knows how much of the curtain's true? Right. I mean, the funniest fucking quote in that thing is when they said, well, we're going to wait to spend money until we feel like it could impact the standings. You won 66 fucking games last yeah. year, you fucking dick. <laughs> right? I mean, when the fuck else? What, are you going to wait till you won 52? God, what a smug little prick. What a smug little prick. And I'm sorry, it doesn't have anything to do with what the fuck they've done in the community. It tells me that when they had the opportunity... To grab this market by the throat, they couldn't give less of a shit. And all they're going to do is sit there and play the fucking victim card. You know what, Ron? If it's that bad, get the fuck out. Sell the team. None of us give a shit about the debt margin or anything you walked into. We don't care. All we know is that you continue to push the fucking bar back further and further while playing the victim card. If it's that bad, get out. You've worked hard enough in this town. You've done enough. You've given enough in charity. City of San Diego, but it's apples and oranges. I love that baseball team, and you are a fucking detriment to the baseball team. So that's my question for you. You're a diehard Padre fan. A lot of He's people who detriment. listen. Most of the people that listen to this podcast are big-time Padre yeah, fans. Let's uh, say uh, what it is. He's a detriment to the team. I don't, have a, I don't have an impact feeling on Pete Seidler. I think Pete Seidler's fine. But to me, in my opinion, Ron Fowler's a detriment. Here's how I feel as soon as I, I read it, and, and I try and take the fact out of what Ron is, I, because none of that matters. Unfortunately, none you of read it and go. I got a thousand bucks coming to me, probably in July. <laughs> well, <laughs> do the math. That was confident in July. <laughs> no, uh, here's here's the, you, you said it something right at the very beginning. They had a chance to take the city by storm, basically right. make your mark. You said that before the Chargers even moved. Right. Remember you saying that this is your chance for the Padres to step up. Right. Do the blood drive. Do everything. Make it crazy fun at Petco Park. And do what the Lakers did. Sign 10 fucking guys to one-year contracts. Moustakas, Gio Gonzalez, 
whoever the fuck else yeah. you want. You Freddie could. Galvis, sign all these guys to one-year deals. Overpay him for one-year deals. And if they pan out, flip them at the deadline. Who gives a shit? Do exactly what the Lakers did and say, we're going to bring these guys in to bridge the gap. But instead, they sit on their fucking hands and expect all of us to throw, you know, rose petals because they fucking uh, got Tatis. Great move. But what else? Tatis isn't going to win it by himself. No way. Look at Mike Trout. No, there's not a 20-year-old kid that's going to win the whole thing by himself. It's not going to happen. As you said, look at Mike Trout, who might be the best player of this generation. I don't think too many people would argue But, with hey, that. they're bringing back to Brown, so what the fuck? Give him that's another five-year window. That's how Give I felt, too. Give him another five-year window. I felt the same thing. You're going to change uniform colors, so we're all going to sit there and say, well, he gave us something that we wanted. That's not what we want. We Really, what we want not. is a winning product. We want to compete. Yeah. Not say compete with a, an 82 and 80 record. You want to compete right. for the National League West with a chance to go to the World Series. That's what you call competing. Right. You won 66 games. Yeah. So all this bullshit. And I don't blame uh, I don't blame Kevin AC. It's funny to me that people are all ripping AC. Yeah, it's not his How fault. How you mad at Kevin? That's ridiculous. Kevin's got a storyline. Kevin's in competition against the Athletic and everybody else. I thought it was fine. I, I don't have any problem with that. But it's just the message that's delivered like, hey, you know, we've we've circled a lot and we feel good about where the money is going to be going forward. Well, who gives a shit? Good for you. <laughs> right? Here's... Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Like, great. There's no fucking guarantee that anything is going to be different in two years. Why? Because fucking Ron said it? Ron said a lot of shit over the last five years. And this fucking town... Nobody holds these guys accountable. Oh, my God. It's so unbelievable. I, I want to know how many people basically read it today like you read it and I read it and feels the same way where they go, hey, you know what? I'm going to give them five more years. I'm going to do exactly what Ron wants me to do. Or do they get angry enough to say this isn't the answers? Aren't the answers I'm looking for? He misses on every message he delivers. I, could, I couldn't agree more. Especially, he misses on every message. And I've if you accept it, you're like insane. It. If you accept right. what he said, you're insane. For me, the organization that, and it just happens to be you follow this organization closely. To me, the organization they should basically model themselves after is the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. I think the Minnesota Twins do a great job of, of not only going in a spring training where you honestly can say, I like the product we're putting on the mm -hmm. field, and if it doesn't work out, we're going to start moving some things around. Just like they did last year with Lance Lynn, for example. Yeah. And you know what? They went out and they got guys this year where you're, if you're a Twins fan yeah. and you're watching what the Indians are doing, you're thinking, man, we can win the division this year. Right. Going out and getting C.J. Crom yeah. and, and Jonathan Shoup is going in there. Couple Did they pick guys. up Nelson Cruz as well? Yep. You see what I'm saying? You picked up another big-time bat. I don't understand the direction they're going and why that excuse is acceptable. And then I start getting upset going, you know what? I blame Major League Baseball because they stuck basically another owner here who can't afford to own a team. This is what it's yeah. come down to. Well, I do remember when Thomas Tull. Yes. And it was back in 2012. 2012. Thomas Tull, and I remember Mark Cuban said, I was talking to a friend today, who said, wouldn't it be great if a guy like Cuban came in and bought the team? And Dave, I'm almost convinced uh, that I'm right, that at that time in 2012, Mark Cuban never even put his hat in the ring because he said financially, and maybe, and yeah. maybe in fairness to Ron and Pete, this has to be said, so I'll say it. Uh, Cuban said at that time, you just can't fucking make it work. Yes, and I don't disagree with that. And letting... Uh, letting Moore's walk with the chunk of change that he did. Sure did. From the Fox deal, whatever that was, $200 million or whatever Moore's got out of that, that was money that was supposed to be put back into the product. 
but it's just he needs to stop talking because it it's terrible. He's you know what he's doing? He's pushing the bar out and he's pushing us away. So he's extending the gap. He's that guy where the walls are closing in and he's trying to keep the walls apart. On one side, he's pushing the line for expectation. And with his other arm, he's pushing the fans out the door. Why? Give me one fucking thing right now that I want to go out and buy a ticket for for day two. Especially when he says basically the roster is done. When he says this roster, basically the finances, we aren't looking to spend a lot more money. It, 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 I hope honestly, the last two weeks for me as a person sits right across from me and I hear it before everybody else, I think you've been more right on because I think your opinions agree with, with a lot of mine on what you've said about the minor league system where it might be great, but that's not what we're paying for. We're paying for the product at the major league level. Yeah. You know who else has a great fucking minor league system? The Yankees, but the Yankees have had a great minor league system for 25, if not 30 years. But guess what else the fucking Yankees do? They go out and spend money to improve their bullpen or improve their everyday product. And then when guys are ready that are coming up and ready to play, then they find a spot for those guys. But they don't sit there and expect the the Yankee fan base to fucking wait for 10 years waiting on some single-A catcher. No way. They go out and get Brian McCann or Gary Sanchez or do whatever. And then if that catcher is ready to go, well, then we'll fucking make that move right then. But it's this constant, they're not apples or it's not, uh, it's not A or B. They should work together. That's how winning teams work. Like Dave, you mentioned the twins. When I remember those twins teams that won in 87 and 91, they had homegrown guys. Yep. And they had homegrown guys like Puckett and Herbeck and Gaetti. But then they went out and they'd get Rick Aguilera and they'd go out and get Jack Morris. They go out and get guys that fucking matter. Yep. But Jesus you get Jeff Christ. Reardon, and right. then they bring, back, bring in Frank Viola again, the whole deal. Right. Yeah, Viola, hometown guy. Yep. But they brought back Burt Blylevin. Fuck, they won that yep. fucking World Series. Blylevin was the one I was thinking yeah. is the one they brought back in. That's right. Two-man rotation. That's right. Same thing in 98. In 98 with this team, after trades and everything had been done, Kevin Towers looked and said, we're not good enough. We're good. We're not good enough. So he traded Derek Lee yep. to go get Kevin Brown. Who, by the way, the LA Times wrote today, Kevin Brown should be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Because if you look at the numbers of what Kevin Brown did over his career versus what Tom Glavin did, Kevin Brown's better. That's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, you look at that Marlins team that won in uh, in 97, correct? Yeah. Al Leiter said in that article, he said there was it's the best pitcher I ever pitched with. Yeah. I've never seen anybody that I remember wear that uniform better than Kevin Brown did in 98. He was scary good. He was yeah. absolutely, absolutely incredible. Here's uh, here's a couple things. I'm glad that you're fired up about it. I hope Padre fans are fired up and not just accepting. And I'm afraid too many Padre fans will be accepting by what of course. Ron said, which is very frustrating. By the way, the guy last year, and I'll, I'll throw it at you. Who was the guy all last year who Padre fans loved and was saying there was the team MVP? Um, last you mean like last season tw- in 2018? Who was the Padre player that everyone said, "Oh, he's who? great. He's our team." It's Galvis, right? Or Galvis? Oh, he yeah. doesn't have a fucking team. He no. wasn't that good. He yeah. was the best of the piece of shit we had, but he wasn't yeah. good enough for major right. league teams have been lining up to grab him. I thought you were going to say Villain to wave. No, I was like fuck. Well, he's in Japan. Yeah. Japan. <laughs> Thanks, coach. Fuck. I, I cannot hear the word Japan without thinking of yeah. coach. So. 
Yeah, I'm just pointing out is this roster is not good enough, wasn't good enough at the end of last season and going into this season, it's really frustrating. Because you want to go into spring training thinking, hey, at least we got a chance. You know, Dave, I I would much rather, I'd like to see a feeling of urgency. I'd like to see, I'd like to see them go, you know what, we're going to take a chance on a few guys. Doesn't mean, like, signing Kinsler to a two-year deal, when you have Galvis out there, you had other guys out there, Brian Dozier was still available at the time. Right? Yes. I don't, none of these fucking deals make sense. But if there was a little bit of a sense of urgency where they said, well, you know what? Um, we're not really players for Harper or Manny Machado. I, I'd be the first guy to say, yeah, I don't think you are either. Yeah, you aren't, you aren't finishing it out right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't hold that against you. But if they said, you know what? We're going to go out and, uh, and Gio Gonzalez is out there. And I don't know, Dave, I'm just throwing names out, right? Maybe they saw something in Wade Miley or Clay Buckholz or whatever. But Gio Gonzalez, you go, yeah, we're going to take Gio Gonzalez and we're going to take, pick your fucking guy, right? And then they go out and they say, we're going to fill in a couple of guys in the infield. And you know what? We're bringing Galvis back. We're going to bring Galvis back. And he's going to come back. He's going to play short. Um, He's got a one-year deal and a club option for a second for $9 But we're going to bring him back. Because we feel like, uh, you know, we'll see what we're doing at third. Oh, and bring fucking Mustakas in. Yes, I would like, take right Mustakas. Like, bring him in. Give that kid a two-year deal. Right? What's the problem? Give him a two-year deal. And all this bullshit. Well, we can't do anything until maybe we trade in Renfro. They're not going to do shit. <laughs> As my friend Leonard Ellerby said so elegantly to that loudmouth fucking Larry Merchant, you're not going to do shit. <laughs> and that's exactly what I say back. I like everybody down there. This is nothing personal against any of those guys. They're all fine gentlemen. Yeah. But from a business standpoint, I hate the way they run that fucking ball team. I'm and I you guarantee right you, I'll be a fan long after they're gone. And you know why it really sucks? Here's why it really sucks. Because my kids have zero fucking interest in that team. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday. Who's your favorite baseball team? You know who it is? The LA Angels. And I said, how come? And they go, because we dig Mike Trout. We like Otani. Yeah. I go, fuck, I can't argue with that. No. I can't argue. What, you don't like Manny Margot? <laughs> Get out of my car. <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> what, you don't like Eric Lauer? You little smug asshole. You're just <laughs> like your mother with your bullshit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, shit. That's it. Who like and look, in a couple of years, when Tatis and Paddock and Urias and you hope all these guys, right, fill in the blank yeah. in a couple of Fuck man, that'll be really fun. But so fucking what? I can't go into work tomorrow and say, Hey, uh, I'm gonna turn my phone off, but I'll turn it back on in twenty twenty four. But thanks. And get out of here. Go get me a Perrier. So here's the deal. They bought the team in twenty twelve, correct? Uh, yeah. Am I, no, am I right on that? Yeah. 20, no, well, yeah, 2012. They yeah. bought it. We were okay. at 1090. We are at 1090. I remember we coming back from Hawaii and we had a oh, round to a yeah. press we conference. Oh, yeah, we had to go back to that shit. <laughs> so we, Just we, spent four days with Landry in Hawaii. Yeah. And we got to run down, look at B-Dub. <laughs> we, we, go and we go to that press conference. So in 2012, they make that decision, and it, they had no game plan. None. 
2015, they go and they spend all this money on right. on players and, and everyone. Will Middlebrooks. Yeah, Middlebrooks and the, the, the whole boys. Yeah, the whole Matt Kemp deal and and Kimbrel and everything else and Myers. You got excited and they realized what the hell are we doing? It's not working. But yeah. the deal is, if they would have stayed in the plan they're in right now with their new general manager, who they hired in 2014, and AJ, mm-hmm. you would have been better off because again, I'll bring up Trey Turner's name. You would have never got rid of Trey Turner. You would have had the shortstop you've been looking for for the last five years. Yeah. You, you know, and now it, it sets you back. It, it they made a run at it. The, the whole article explains why that was a mistake and why it didn't work out. They didn't get what they thought they'd get back in ticket sales and jersey sales and all the other stuff that comes with it. And it was a, it was a big mistake for them. It set the organization back. Well, now you've had the team for seven seasons or eight seasons. You're going into. And you still haven't figured out basically where you were that long ago. It's really no. frustrating. Well, 2020, uh, I think 2020 will be really interesting and from a fun standpoint. Because I look at 2020 and I go, all right, so Tatis will be up here every yeah, day. Yeah, he will. He'll be the everyday shortstop. Urias will be here every day. Paddock, you would think, will be on that roster Right, and then you, you'll you'll fill in a couple of the other. You'll players. figure out what you got. Hopefully, if Quantrill's a guy, if all those sure. other guys you're talking about. So it, a year from right now, heading into spring training, a couple weeks away, be fun. It, hopefully, it, it feels different than it does right now because right now is the most depressing I've ever felt going into spring training as yeah. a, as a guy that follows the Padres. No, I'm confident that 2020 will be good because they'll they'll be back to where they should be, which is in the brown. They'll be back to that. And I'm assuming they'll get it right. I hope they get it right. But you look at Dave, and I think in 2020, it's pretty easy to say that Urias and Tatis will be on the opening day lineup. And my guess is Paddock's your opening day starter. Wow. I, I think How about every opening day starter they've had for, what, the last three seasons at least? Isn't with the team the following year? Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think that's where you go, okay. And I would think by 2020, uh, Myers is gone. So you're probably Hosmer, uh, Urias, you know, wherever you do it to Tatis and then you fill it in. Your catching situation, I hope, is settled by then. And maybe, you know, in your outfield, you've got Reyes and Cordero and Renfro and you go, yeah, okay. This is pretty good. This is kind of fun. I, I would like to go out and watch this team in 2020 where you go, okay, now we're good. Now, holding Ron's feet to the fire Maybe then in 2020, you've signed a couple of guys. Shit, Dave, maybe you find an impact starter and, and you don't have to give Paddock the ball on opening day. Maybe he's your two or your three. That's still exciting to me. If if he's in there, Quantro's in there, right? Whoever said, fuck, man, Espinosa. I don't know. But I just think it's a fucking joke that we're just supposed to sit back and, and let him fucking stick it down our throat again for another year. Yeah. There's no sense of urgency from them to say, hey, look, hang with us, but at least we got a couple of short-term fixes. I bet there are a lot of guys on that free agent market that are closing in on February that would be willing to come to San Diego on a short-term deal with the idea that, hey, come here, perform well, and we'll try to flip you at the break to a playoff contender. It's um, It's... It's interesting. Next year, what you said is at least you'll know questions will be answered. That That's my biggest thing. Where are these guys? How good are these guys? Yeah. Questions we can answer. I'm not going to say this team's supposed to compete. How How is that many question marks ex- expected to basically go in the right direction and say they're going to compete for well, the National League West? But at least I want to know, where's the organization? Are they going in the right direction? I thought 19 would be the year 
where really you start to see it. And maybe, Dave, maybe it's not till August 1st where Urias and Tatis are your double play combination. And you're looking at these guys and you go, fuck, this is really cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Who's the last really good double play combination that we had? Because I look at it and I go, think about the really good ones. The one that pops to mind immediately for me is Lou Whitaker, Alan Trammell. Oh, yeah. Right? And and you go, yeah, that'd be really fun. And I'm, I'm stoked for that. I, Hosmer, all right. I mean, everybody is immediately off the Hosmer bandwagon in this town. Everybody hates everything about him. I'm not. If he has another shitty year, that's going to suck. But for right now, I'm going, well, the guy's been a pretty consistent veteran. I'll, I'll give him a chance. If he has a year like he had this past season, where are you at a year from now? You're going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck this might be one of the worst contracts of all time. Yeah, and you're still on for another yeah. six years. Because yep. there's no fucking way he's bailing after five. No way. No way. But we'll see. And the other thing is, Dave, I think the problem is this is a team that is showing tendencies that if they get burned, if Hosmer fucks them this year too, then good fucking luck getting any free agents to come back here. Because yeah. they're going to look and go, well, we got fucked on Kemp and Upton and Middlebrooks and Kimbrell and blah, blah, blah. And then Hosmer really fucked us. We just can't do it. But in the meantime, we're going to give Andy Green and A.J. Preller uh, fucking nine-year extensions. And it's great. And the really good thing is <laughs> um, be here when we have, uh, fuck, I don't know, Tom Garfinkel's statue day. <laughs> Gonna be a really great day as we honor Tom. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Makes me crazy though. Ron just has to stop talking because I think he honestly thought people would say, "Hey, now oh, that hey. I know Ron, okay, hey, all right, hey, Man, we didn't realize things have been so hard for you, Ron." And I'm like, "Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! Shut your goddamn mouth! Shut up! Can you hear me?" <laughs> Ron reminds me, I was watching the movie The Other Guys yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Will Ferrell turns around at 9 15. Hey, everybody, it's 9 15. Let's all have a good day. Cut the shit. Right? <laughs> that's, that right now, that's where you're at with Ron. Shut cut, up. Cut the shit. You shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I guarantee you, they see it all. And they're calling him right now. His biggest concern on this Sunday night is. Well, I hope that office isn't open tomorrow for Martin Luther King Day, number one. But on Tuesday, he's like, God damn it, do I bring donuts or bagels? <laughs> Shit. We can't afford either. Did you guys read the fucking article? God damn it. No kidding. <laughs> God damn it. Shit. AJ, get your ass over to the dollar store and see if they have any intimates. Uh, should I get cherry or cheese? Get whatever goddamn one you want, AJ. Fuck, I'm dying here. I'm fucking drowning. 75, fucker. We're supposed to have a winning team. Jesus, goddamn. And comb your goddamn hair, for Christ's sake. Here's a dollar. Get yourself some broke cream, asshole. Ron, they only have the mini glass. God, if this, I'm going to tell you one more thing. If this little phone rings in my little hands again, I'm going to lose my little fucking mind. Got it? You man! Yeah. God, they just, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how many fucking, 
empty promises are they going to make? They're just so full of empty promises. I saw a great one today. It happened in. Now like, you got everybody looking at Ron Fowler's small hands. You know, what? I don't know if he has small I hands. I just, well, I just say it about every guy. No, I have no idea. I just no, say it all the time. It's like Trump. You can't stop staring at his hands yeah, now. No, I have no idea. Uh, that's just my go-to for everybody. I always accuse every guy of having raccoon hands. I have no idea. I'm sure Ron's hands are fine. <laughs> but uh, I saw one that there was a quote that came out like five years ago today. Yeah. Where Ron said, oh, boy, we were really, really close to a trade that would have shook up all of baseball. And I wrote, well, yeah. I said, that reminds me about the tickets I almost bought, right? <laughs> I almost made a trade. I almost bought tickets. This shit's been going on for five fucking years. Enough. Stop fucking talking. You know, and I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Say whatever you want about him. There was a reason why Dean never fucking talked to the media. It wasn't going to get you anywhere. It wasn't going to get you anywhere. And he knew that if I say shit like that, I'm going to get buried. Yeah. Dean just stayed quiet. Poor Joe Sy comes on this week. How about that shit? Joe Sy comes on and immediately squashed any hope of a new arena in San Diego. That was big. That was big because here's a guy that can afford it. Can afford it. Had been talked that yeah. he may have land, that he would want to do anything. And he basically just said, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. I follow the NHL every day. Follow the NHL every day. And for the last year and change, the only talk for expansion was Seattle. Yeah. There was never talk of San Diego. And by the way, Seattle doesn't have an arena. They're going to fucking redo uh, the arena where the Sonics played. So don't say, well, it's because Seattle had this and this and this. No. No. They had an ownership group. They had interest from the fans. And I'll tell you the other thing. If they expand again, it's going to be to Quebec. They're going to go back to Quebec. And go Why back did they pull the team out of there anyway? My first hockey game I ever saw, uh, Quebec played. Yeah, it moved them to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, combination of shit. The league wasn't quite as strong at that time. Denver was a good market. It's been a good market. Yeah, you know, the Avs, the Avs have been successful. Dan Kroenke owns them, right, still? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's the other thing, Dave. He lived, uh, didn't he live there in Denver? I think had a so. lot of ties in Denver. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you, there's no talk of the NHL. So now you go, okay, well, what about the NBA? I, I thought Joe Sy kind of summed it up in his interview when he said, nah, I don't know that the NBA looks at San Diego as a market. And you, I haven't heard talk of NBA expansion Neither forever. Have Neither have I. And so... And somebody said, well, he goes, look, with with the Gulls and with the Seals, he goes, I, I just don't think it's financially viable currently to build an arena down here. And so, man, it's just like, it's where we are. Yeah. I, I'm not, it's just, you can all draw your own conclusion, but I think a lot of people look to Joe Sy to be a savior coming in, and I think he kind of told us, what we all know, we just didn't want to admit. You're not you're not gonna get enough concerts to pay the bills to keep a brand new arena up and lit. Yeah. And then you read about what they're doing in Anaheim. What Anaheim's gonna do to try to keep the Angels in town is the city of Anaheim working with the Ducks and making a proposal to 
the angels to turn that 231 fucking acres that they have up there into a similar type LA Live. It's what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's what Kroenke is going to do with the new stadium. Yep. It's what they did at Staples Center, and it's what the Angels uh, are hoping that the city of Anaheim is going to do to make it a year-round attraction. We don't have that kind of vision down here. We just don't. There's no. nobody here with that kind of vision to say, hey, let's do a whole thing and make it interesting. They're not. We, we can't just... We can't get it based on what fucking Pete Wilson and the original Ernie Hahn and all these fucking guys did 50 years ago, man. Games, the train has left the fucking station. Here's the deal. Let me, let me ask you, just play uh, what if with you. Just like you just said a second ago, let's say Chargers are leaving. Padres are now the only really top professional team left in town. Mm-hmm. And the Padres were winning, okay? They were, let's say, having the success of, not winning World Series, but let's say having the success of the Nationals. We're mm-hmm. basically winning your division every year. You're in the postseason every single yeah. year. And they're they're doing well. I honestly believe this. When the Padres are doing well, the fan base is outstanding. And it's right. loud. And people have always said that Padre games are, are some of the best games to go to for people that travel around all over the country doing television, saying, man, yeah. you guys are great when your teams are winning. That's all you need. If the Padres were doing really well right now, oh. and they've been doing well, let's say the last three, four years, mm-hmm. would you think San Diego would be all of a sudden a more uh, pleasing town, a more of a town where people would say, maybe we should look at San Diego? I, I, I agree. I think if the Padres would have taken the bull by the horns and would have gone at it more aggressive, that all of a sudden they're looking at us for other sports because this the city does rally when your teams win. It's a great sports town. It really is. It's just, it's not a great town. to. They haven't to been able to show off. They haven't been able to show off yeah. with, with the pods. They haven't been able to show off with the goals because uh, the goals aren't in the NHL. Yeah. And, you know, even the, the, the Seals and everyone I know who's gone to a Seals game has said they've had a great time. Yeah. There were 4,000 less at the last game than there were at the first week. And they came out and said, look, there was a huge uh, lacrosse tournament going on like in Palm Springs or something. So they knew that the people that love lacrosse weren't going to be in attendance. Mm. And, it, and it hurt them this week. They already they knew what to expect. Mm. So the product on the on the whatever the the turf is is exciting. People say they have a great time, yeah. a lot of energy. The Padres, I think, have kind of blown it for for a lot of people for hoping for the next thing. They aren't going to be looked at for a while until the Padres can prove they can draw. And when yeah. I mean draw, draw between thirty five to over forty thousand every game. Just bugs me again, Dave. The 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 only thing I can say is the complete lack of urgency. It is. There's none because they don't and need it. it. They don't need yeah. to. They're procrastinating. Flatline. Just a flatline. And it'll be, you know, hey, we'll do craft beers. Maybe we'll bring in Nelly for <laughs> concert. <laughs> Fucking great. Hey, everybody. Matchbox 20. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No shit. I mean, that's, that's it. There's just zero. And again... I think a year from now, it could be a lot different. Hope so. Hope it starts the process where they start at least looking in this direction. Yeah, and, and I get it if you go, if you go okay, in 2020, it's the year when a lot of these guys that we've heard about for a long time, well, that's year one. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I don't think, Dave, a year from now, all of us are looking at it going, well, shit, they yeah. better win the World Series today. I think a lot of us look at 2020 and go, fuck, man, has yeah. Tatis got a legit shot at Rookie of the Year? Because, goddamn, that'd be pretty exciting, right? You go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's some other good dudes coming up. Was our last rookie of the year Benito? Mm. Do we have one before? Am I missing one? I'm trying to think. Have we missed one? 
I don't think so. No, that's going to be damn. somebody before 87, right? Am I crazy right now? Am I just drawing a blank? Damn it. I got to look up right now. Pods that's... Rookie of the Year. Kilvio didn't win it. No. No. It was not. No. He did not win it. Khalil Green didn't win it. Nope. I mean, who else would have been the guy? Fuck, you don't have any impact rookies that have come through here. No, we trade them. We trade, we trade them away. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, we we trade them away. Uh, Benito, eighty-seven. God, there's only one that I can find right now. Looking at it, we have a, yeah. we have a bunch of Cy Youngs. We got Manager of the Years. Yeah, we have uh, we have Rookie of the Year in Benito. Twenty twenty uh, might be fun. You bring Boach back too. Butch Metzger was a co-winner in seventy-six. Butch Metzger. <laughs> wow, big Butch Metzger. What did he ever do? What did he ever do? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, before we get to the spots, in '89, uh, Sporting News said that Andy Bennis was rookie of the year, rookie pitcher of the year. I'm sorry, oh, fuck it. That's it. That's where we're at. Nice. We're at with Benito. Uh, you hyped it up on social media. Tell I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you what it is right after we read these. All right. How's that? Okay. So, uh, well, just Jeff's going to tell you because I want you guys to hold on for this. I did hype this up on social media. We have a guest coming on, and it's a guest I think most of you are going to like. I'm going to tell you what it is. You can let me know if I hyped it up too much or if I hit, hit the nail right on the head because I, I'm very excited about it. Okay? Now, I want to remind you, a week from tonight, uh, Josh Lewin in the garage. That's awesome. I believe it's next Sunday. Okay. So either Sunday or Monday, according. Uh, he's on his way to Cabo today. But I'll chat with him when he gets back, but I'm looking forward to that. Josh Lewin in, talking about Chargers, what happened with yeah. him, and... Just a really, really good dude. So, yeah, Lewin will be in, but we'll tell you who Dave's guest is coming up. All right. Uh, speaking of this guy right here, I actually made a trip all the way to East County yesterday. Really? To, to see my guy, Alan Taylor. Oh, my man. And guess what? Alan Taylor wasn't there. He was in the fucking desert riding motorcycles. <laughs> was he? Fucking Alan Taylor. There you go. You know why? Because he's busting his ass all week building pools. Yep. Alan Taylor at Taylor Ray Pools, 20 years in San Diego. He's the guy right there to make the perfect pool for you. You can dream of it, and he will make your dreams come true. New construction or on commercial or residential, full remodels, commercial, residential, new equipment and repairs, pool resurfacing, installation, everything that you can possibly think of, he can make it happen. The saltwater technology, he will turn your backyard into a staycation. Alan Taylor's your guy at Taylor May Pools, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Have friends in Toronto. Talk to them tonight. Yes. It uh, Seven inches of snow Jesus. over the last uh, 12 hours. Minus 10 Fahrenheit up there. I mean, that is just bone-chilling cold. And the friend of mine has one of the very cool tailor-made pool shirts that Al made for the event. Awesome. And this friend of mine said, you know what I'd like to be right now? I said, I'd like to be in a tailor-made pool. And I said, well, I could get you one up there. He is Canadian. He'll travel. But yes. I don't know you want to be. I mean, a fucking kid works magic. But I don't know if you want to be in a pool when it's minus 10 and minus whatever it is, 23 Celsius. Fahrenheit. I Alan know. does pools and ice rinks. He'll do the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> you bring your penguin over. Uh, I love it. And... Such incredible work. We are so fortunate, Dave. Today I was in Carlsbad for the second day in a row. Yep. Both days we came home, uh, jumped on 101 at Palomar Airport Road and took it south all the way into Del Mar. And you just drive, man. The moon was huge tonight. 
you drive, you look at the ocean, you see people riding their, you know, riding bikes and yeah. short sleeves. We had t-shirts on, jeans on, hanging out. But I just don't know. Like it, it cost a lot. When I was in Chicago, it was two dollars for a gallon of gas from Shell. Yeah. Like good gas. We spend so much fucking money to live here. I don't know why you wouldn't uh, say, yeah, you know what I want to do? I want a tailor-made pool. They're goddamn gorgeous. And it, you work hard. You spend a lot of fucking money in your life. Why don't you do something for yourself to reward yourself? And then when you do, let Vera know. Because she's going to come <laughs> over and bring her hottie little floral bikini. And then, hey, Katie, bar the door. I don't know. Whatever happens, that's between you. Wink, wink. I also want to mention Brian Curry. Brian Curry is you got to find you that perfect home. What are you waiting for right now? If you're in yep. a situation and everybody thinks about it on a monthly basis, is this the home I want to be in? Do I possibly want to move into a bigger house, a smaller house? Could I have something maybe in a nicer neighborhood? Brian Kerr is your guy. He will find you the perfect home for you if you've been thinking about it. A phone call is not going to hurt you. It might surprise you what Brian Curry can do for you. Brian's also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, you have to find the right guy. He's the guy for you as well. Call Brian Curry at 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. You know who this message is for? For all of you that pay rent. For all of you that pay the obnoxious fucking rental prices in this town, and at the end of the year, you have nothing to show for it. You yeah. really don't. You have nothing to show for it. You have a bullshit landlord who probably walks around, leers at you because he's a little creeper. <laughs> and I'll tell you the other thing, and, and Dave, you and I have talked about this, and I've talked about this uh, with a lot of people. There's something that is different when you're a homeowner, even when shit sucks, right? Yeah. Pipes break, right? You got to go do the main line, whatever. It's part of being a homeowner. But for every two or three bad days you have, you have hundreds of really cool days where you go, man, this is my place. You painted, Dave, we're sitting in your garage, man. Fucking cool is this? When you were sitting there. Watching the Vikings kick your Rams in their little nuts. That's <laughs> on a 19-inch television. Yeah. Did you ever think there'd be a day when you're just hanging out in your own garage? Being a homeowner is really cool. But it's not always the easiest thing to do. But I think for some of you, if you're paying rent anywhere and you're paying over 1000 bucks a month for rent, you're fucking insane. I mean, you're just absolutely insane. You could be doing that with a mortgage payment. That's why it's time to call Brian and go, look. What am I doing? I'm established here, right? I don't want to move anywhere else. This is where I want to be, where my kids are going to be. What can I do? Nobody will walk you through the process easier than Brian, and I'm looking forward to getting back in it myself in uh, in March. All right. I also want to mention Daniel Tyler. You get everything set. You have that pool set. You have that house set. Daniel Tyler is the guy to put that perfect gate up and fence and line the fence to the backyard at the same time. Those iron gates in front of the house. Rot iron. Rot iron. The gates on the side of the house that lead to the backyard can make your house look that much better and safer, most importantly. Make sure you call Daniel Tyler at Superior Fence Company, 760-745-4846, 760-745-4846. Dave, I had a package delivered uh, last Sunday. I'm in Chicago. I'm getting ready to go to the airport, and I'm uh, walking down a street. And one thing they do in Chicago that's pretty cool, and I think we're seeing them here in San Diego, but, man, all over town they have popcorn shops. Like, And you walk down, and the smell coming out of there is insane. And I walked in, 
really nice people working and they, they were doing, you know, kettle corn, caramel corn, the whole thing. And I said, can you send this to San Diego? They go, sure. And so I sent a couple of canisters to my son and they arrived on Friday. And because there's so many goddamn dicks in the world that steal shit, I wasn't worried about the money. I was just like, this is going to be really cool for my sons. They're going to come home and there's going to be a package for them and that they they don't know that's coming. And then they're going to open it up and see that it's from me and it's something fun. But it's like just this idea now that we live in a time when you have to be worried about shit being delivered to your house. Yeah. And there's people that have medicines delivered, right? This was a fun little gift for my kids. There are people that have their medicines that are fucking stolen. All kinds of shit that's stolen. And it's one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of what Dan Tyler does. Because, yes, it increases the property value. It looks better. It protects your kids. It protects your pets. But even for that stuff like the UPS or the FedEx delivery, fuck, man. Yeah, don't give those dicks a chance. Put up a nice San Diego Superior fence and uh, and you'll be very, very happy you did. All right, and finally, uh, the last thing for your home right there. It's Barkley Landscape. you got to make the yard everything look great. Speaking of uh, landscaping, Ryan Barkley coming to my house this week, putting a yes. brand new front yard in. Brand new, and he's going to put uh, the Rams logo in there. It's going to look beautiful. <laughs> it's going to look just like the field yes. at Super Bowl 53. With It'll it. be great. One side of the lawn's going to have Los Angeles in on one end zone. Awesome. It's going to have New England in the you other should. end zone. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? That would be awesome. Do it, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ryan Barkley and his dad, Scott, have been doing great things for more than 35 years. Make sure you call Ryan. Fix up that lawn, 619 619- Six six nine eight thousand six one nine six six nine eight thousand. Love what the guys at Barkley Landscape do. They're absolutely the best in town. And I noticed uh, driving Carlsbad, I pointed it out to my son, Jack. We had five days of pretty steady rain, drizzle, some kind of water. And there's green. Yeah. You drive around and you see some green. But, man, I was driving up the five, and we got to a certain point, and there is still dry brush along the side, and it is tall. And this is the one thing that I say to everybody is eventually shit's going to start to dry out, and then we get it back into that warm weather. Holy fuck, Dave. I drive up and down the freeway every day. There's so many fucking people that throw a cigarette out their car window, bouncing along. I mean, we're such a- Was it 1977? Yeah. Tom Wopat, you fucking dick. <laughs> Lighting up your heaters and just flicking them out. God damn. But it's the thing that I've always told you about Barkley Landscaping. Yes, they're going to come in and do an incredible job with the trees, with the hedges, with the front lawn, the backyard. It's all going to look beautiful. But for the safety and for the peace of mind for any of you that are lucky enough to maybe live on a really cool hillside, Man, call Ryan and say, hey, are we cool here? Is there something that you recommend that we can put in? Because I can't think. I've been lucky, Dave. For all the fires that have happened here, I've never been in the direct path. I know you guys down here. A couple years back, it was crazy. But, boy, if you are lucky enough to be a homeowner and you've got some of that dry brush or you're worried about it, Make that call and have the guys from Barkley Landscape come out. They'll get you all squared away before you know it. Absolutely. And uh, I also want to mention Kyle Fluger. Can't be yep. more pleased with Kyle Fluger. Glad so many of you are starting to call Kyle and see the great job he does with your business for websites. Kyle, 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Been a crazy couple of days. Earlier in the week, I filled out all the paperwork. 
sent off the first money for uh, Jake's projects. Very huge thanks to Sean Walchef and the guys from the taco shop down here that do the Spanos tacos. I think it's El Pollo Grill. Yeah. I think I have that right. I hope yeah, I Victor have Victor Lopez. Victor Lopez uh, donated $1,000 for Jake's projects. Well, that immediately goes to the administrative costs of trying to pay off you know, fees to have people do that. But I'm well, very- again, because the reason is again not only a regular business, but this is a nonprofit. Correct, hundred percent. This is going to which we want to turn all the money into helping people out. And this Correct. is this is as you said, the administrative costs are expensive. Correct. When I filled it out this week, um, you have to go through uh, a legal firm to do it to get approval to get a five hundred one three C. And one of the things that was asked on four or five different pages is what are salaries for Jake's projects. And I wrote on there, and I'll say it here for any of you that are willing to participate. Uh, the four people on the board are Dave, Rita, Josh, and myself. Nobody is drawing a salary. There's no anything that for every dollar that comes in, every dollar will go out. That first thousand, we had to pay uh, seven hundred and seventy-five to get it done, and then it's two twenty-five at the end of the year for this legal firm to do the taxes. So that first thousand that came in, it basically just went right out. But um, everybody, Sean was in, Sean knew, Victor knew. I appreciate those guys understanding. They were great. And then uh, I talked to Kyle. Yeah. And Kyle, who's done, man, I got people all over the country calling and saying what an amazing job he did on DaveAndJeffShow.com. I talked to Kyle and he said, hey, just let me know and we'll get Jake's, we own Jake'sProjects.org. And there'll be a link to that from DaveAndJeffShow.com. I don't know how long it will take to get approval, but all the forms have been signed and approved. Going back to my man, Al Taylor, when I sent that message out, I said, look, I made the down payment today. We filled out the paperwork to do everything. Uh, your wife, Rita, was great to say, look, we still can't believe he's not here, but we're ready as a family to move forward and establish Jake's legacy to which Al Taylor wrote back, uh, two hearts and the Canadian flag. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's and I was just like, I fucking love the group that we have. Yeah. But as soon as uh, I talked to Kyle this week about jakesprojects.org, we're going to yeah. get all that done. And then, like I said, for all of you that might have music and pictures or anything else, we're going to have kind of a fun yeah. community page at daveandjeff.com where you guys can just submit stuff and it'll be really cool. Like, yeah. I don't, if, can you draw? Do you do whatever you want to do to communicate? Because there's just so much bullshit that if you come and you listen to the show, we'll, we'll get a place and we'll let you know when you can start submitting things. But I want disappointing Joseph on there. I want, uh, anybody just photographers or whatever else. And it'd be kind of a fun little community page. We'll get that going in the next couple of weeks. This was too. a good week for this to get done. I don't know why, but um, again, Jake passed October 30th. This was the hardest week for me. I don't know why. This since week? This week was just a terrible week. And yeah. so, and people say when this stuff like this happens, things just happen in, in waves that it's just going to hit you. And man, this was, this was a horrible week. It is. Yeah. You just can't control it. Like all of a sudden, you just don't know it, man. Tears are rolling right. down your face, and you can't turn it off like a faucet. And it seemed like it was nonstop. I also got crazy sick on Wednesday. Yeah. And then um, 
Wednesday through about Saturday, just not feeling well at all. Where yeah, I dropped 14 pounds in like Jesus two days. They just completely. Like, have you ever been so sick? You feel like, man, I got a rally just to die. I mean, I'm I like you feel so terrible. I, I had no idea. But the one thing about being sick at that time was I haven't had any dreams. I'm not one of these guys that dreams and remembers dreams. I know everybody yeah. dreams, but man, I had a lot of dreams with Jake. Wow. Where I saw him, like I'd be standing outside on a in a regular San Diego day, you know, cl- mm-hmm. the the cloud. The, excuse me, the sky is clear of clouds, and then boom, he would show up, and we would talk. But it wasn't the Jake that you knew that would come in yeah. here. Com- first thing it says, complete smartass, joking around, right. and he's loud. It was real calming, what and the fuck? it was it wasn't it was no, there were no, there were no what the fucks. Oh my in there. god! There were no what the fucks in there. It's yeah. uh. It was it was kind of kind of crazy. So it was just I don't know. It was, it was a crazy week. That's one reason I went to actually go see Alan Taylor yesterday. I went yeah. out there just as a, just looking hey, a familiar face that I know knows what I'm going through. So it, it's it's a strange deal. I know it's I don't want to be the guy where you walk in a room and the first thing you think that's the guy that lost his son. But I know that's human nature. But also I don't want to be the guy who guys like you and guys like Alan and, and Brian Curry and everyone else that we're close with and Ryan Barkley who had a, yep. a friendship with him as well. They understand what's going on. It's the guys who don't know me that look for, is that guy about to break down? I don't want to break down. Yeah. And so you sit there and you, you go through it. But for, the, for some reason, this was a really bad week for both Rita and myself. The fact that you did the paperwork and moved the Jake Projects thing together was great. One of Jake's former teammates um, designed Fuck, a tattoo, made another tattoo. Six people have, have yeah. put tattoos on their body for Jake, which I haven't told anyone to do. I never told right. anyone to tattoo themselves. It's just surprised me they've done it you know three kids have changed their jersey numbers and you know college players and stuff who change their jersey numbers to 25 format all that stuff means the world to me that you're going to remember jake some way or another and that for me this jakeprojects.org is going to be uh, is going to be the, the thing that that keeps them going forever uh the one other thing that we did too over the last couple of weeks without going into great detail there had been a lot of talk and some other people had wanted to get involved and there had been talk of doing this as a TV project and um, Padres were great. A bunch of different people were really, really great about willing to help. But what I would say to Dave off the air a lot of different times was, look, I'm afraid this is getting away from being one of Jake's projects. And while I appreciate everybody that was outstanding and had a big vision for this, um, it really... For me, um, kind of running point on it was kind of what we said that night at the memorial, which is we're going to move this forward, but it's going to be in Jake's. The JPs are what we're putting in the outfield. They're doing all that. And so with respect and love, peace and love, the the (laughs) stern and everything else, we've brought it back in-house. And so... Understand for everybody, our man Billy wrote to me the other day and said, I got 250 bucks for Jake's projects. Awesome. Understand when I say this, I have a full-time job during the week. I'm still trying to finalize the divorce, which everybody's cool there. And coming down, there's plus trying to be a dad to two really fucking fun kids. There's only so much that time. I want to give a pig. I fucking killed him. <laughs> Beat the shoes right off him. <laughs> and there's other shit that it's all good. But there's only so much time in the day. We are not, Jake's Projects is not my full-time job. So just, I appreciate everybody that's reached out and said, how do we do it? Just give me a chance. We're we're slowly connecting the dots. The paperwork has started. Dave and I have started a couple other things, and we hope to have that up relatively quick. It's just not going to happen by the end of the day tomorrow. So, um, but thank you to everybody. And like I said, 
I really do appreciate everybody that had a bigger vision for this. I did not want, uh, uh, and I just, I kept Dave and Rita out of it because you got enough shit to do. I didn't want it to get away from being a Jake's project. I didn't want it to be a Spike TV production or anything else. And while that would have been fun and exciting, it would have gotten away from what it was supposed to be. And so we've taken it back in-house. Um, we'll start doing scouting trips coming up maybe after the Super Bowl, and then we'll uh, we'll get it moving. Because I would think uh, by the time the Super Bowl is done, we should have everything locked in, everything should be ready to go, and then we can start figuring out where that first Little League field is, who our volunteer team is, what the project's going to look like, how do we make donations, and we'll get it off and running. Absolutely. All right, so uh, today I'm watching watching the Rams-Saints game, and mm-hmm. I was saying, you know what? I know Josh Lewin's coming in. I know mm-hmm. Laura Kane's coming in. Kim Morrison said that she's mm-hmm. wanting to come in. I said, let's start looking around and saying, we want to start bringing guests in that we think that you'd want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm, as I'm watching this Rams game on, on Fox 5, I go, Tabitha Lipkin does everything <laughs> over at Fox yes. 5. She does weather. She does right. news. She does sports. And she's always there. And so I said, I've never met her in my life. You've met her before. Yeah. When Sean uh, had the barbecue and turf event at Del Mar this summer. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the guys that were there. I was there with Kaplan. I was there with uh, Heather Myers. Yep. I was there with, oh, me and Jim Trotter. Okay. Jim Trotter and I were there representing, but Cap was there, and Heather Myers and Tabitha were there. What a cool fucking lady, man. Cool fucking lady. Yeah, we just hung out at the barbecue thing. So I I reached out to Tabitha and said, hey, Tabitha, it's uh, Dave Palais from the Dave and Jeff Show. I said, I know you're really busy. You're working all the time because Troy's always taking ski trips all yeah, over, all over, all, all over yeah. the place. And I said, if you have time, I go, we'd love to have you on the show. I think you, you'd be great on the show because right. we aren't exactly want to bring you on to kill you with sports questions. Because, oh. but we what we want to do is we want to do a, a get to know you. One tell of our Dave story. and Jeff interviews. Tell your story, how you got here, where you're going, and one of the things I find fascinating about her, Jeff, she's a stand up comedian. No shit. And I said, all right, she's a complete smartass. Yeah. And I go, perfect for our show. And so she wrote back immediately. She goes, sounds great. You can ask me sports questions at all. Uh, uh, anything you want to ask, no problem at all. And she said she would she would do it. So Great. Great. As, as the day goes on, she says, uh, when do you want to do it? And I said, well, we usually record around 730 at night or 730. She writes AM or PM. <laughs> I said, no, no, we're doing it. PM. She says, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll knock this out on, on Wednesday. I said, that's good. I give her the address of the garage, the whole deal, how we're going to do everything. And then she here's what uh, she writes. Hey, um, please don't murder me. Thanks. And I said, Jeff and I don't do those kind of interviews. You're a guest. I, man. I go, we take care of our guests. I said, we're going to put you in the best light. Absolutely. We're going to give the mic to you and you tell your story. She goes, no, I mean, physically, don't murder me. <laughs> this isn't an apartment or anything, is it? And I said, I, I laughed out loud and I said, no, I go, what do you mean murder you? We're, we're not going to murder you. She writes back. That's exactly what a murderer would say. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I go two things. You can ask your friend Kathleen Bate. Oh, yeah. You can ask Aloha Taylor. Yeah. I go, we've worked with them. They know us well. Okay. Yeah. Ask them if we're crazy or not. And I'll even promote it on tonight's show. Because everyone Walt gonna, Jeff knows her well. Yes, yeah, so and Walt Jeff knows her well. Everyone will know you're going to be with us. Right. 
And if something bad happens or you disappear, the cops know to come here first. They're coming to see you. And that that was it. She just wrote back, hi, oh, okay, perfect. I'll be there. So anyway, oh, so, so she's going on. But again, I thought the thing that was most interesting about her is that she's a stand-up comedian. And if you follow her tweets, she's a complete smartass. I like her because she's got the Scott Kaplan Instagram thing down where they're caught in random poses yeah. on sidelines. But I know they both do it to be a fucking wise ass. She's yeah. really cool, man. She's really cool. And uh, that'll be fun. We're looking forward to that. Um, I had one other thing I was going to fucking tell you. God damn it. What the fuck else was I going to tell you? Um, ah, shit. <laughs> ah, I had something else I was going to tell you. I can't think of what the fuck it was. Oh, well. Um, yeah, Lewin's coming down. He's trying to think. God damn it. Ah, it's all right. You'll you have a couple of days to think about it. Yeah, we'll we aren't uh, going anywhere. We'll figure it out. So that's basically it. You know, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah, too. I love this little shit, but I'm about had it with that little fucker leisure fryer. He's never. Had, <laughs> what do you say that? You say that the every fucking week. guy. Welcome him right back. He, I love him. He's funny as shit. He was funny this week. There was something that happened on social media, and he was goddamn killing me as usual. Um. But he's mad when the shows go two and a half hours. And then I saw him bitching the other day. That we go an hour 27? Yeah. Hey, show's only an hour and 10. You paid 62 fucking cents for it. <laughs> what are you worried about? Most podcasts go 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people go 40 minutes. Yeah. I love that guy. I fucking love that guy. I love him. And even though my boy SD Fritz bitches all the time that we're fucking on Patreon now. I love Fritzy because Fritz told Leisure there was something that Leisure wanted to see and he missed it. And Fritz told him, come on over. I got it on the DVR. <laughs> and it was so great, man. It was just so fucking great. Like all the guys in our group, Leisure knows we fucking love him. He's, he's my man. He's the fucking best. But yeah, when Fritzy always crying the blues that were on Patreon. Yeah. But when he put that out last week, it was so goddamn good. And then um, Steve Woods is at Padre Fantasy Camp this week. Which is crazy. Crazy. Do you see his locker? I saw his locker, and then yeah. I saw Paul's jersey. That's a really cool thing that they do. Um, I talked to Mud today, who was flying over. And I guess, Dave, it's kind of a drag. I think they only ended up with, I said, how many guys do you have? And Mud goes, oh, we got like 19. But I looked at it, and I go, in my, I didn't say anything to Mud, but I'm like, fuck, that's like two 19 teams. guys for fantasy camp? Yeah. Wow. That signed up. Yeah. So I, I don't know how it goes, but and Woods and Paul are two of them. But they're there in Peoria. They're what in is the it, where room. does it run? About 5000 bucks. Oh, I don't have any idea. I honestly don't. I don't know what that runs. But you're there for a week. You're getting your balls busted by yeah. Randy. So Mud said, uh, Mud said, I don't know Steve Woods. Is he a good guy? And I said, look, he's a fucking great guy. He's the salt of the earth. But here's the problem with Woods. He still thinks he can fucking play third for this team. Yeah. So fucking bring him down a peg. <laughs> he goes, consider it done. <laughs> consider it done. That's it. So uh, that is, That's so damn funny. But yeah, I love that. Those guys are there. I, I guess um, I saw... The ratings, I'm not going to go into a huge thing about the ratings because I know there's... Hurts feelings. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. All I know is the fucking morning show on 1360, and I like both those guys, Jason and Nick. 
it is so fucking far below everything else. I just laugh because we redeemed the problem by that fucking dick whose Kansas City Chiefs lost tonight. And like I said, I have no problem against those two guys. They are so fucking far off the map. It's fucking hysterical. And all I know is if I'd stayed working for that piece of shit, there's no way Nicole Eggert's liking everything I do yeah. on Instagram. No fucking chance that happens. No and you aren't friends with Lisa Ann. I was just going to say, she's saying, do you want to go for French toast or pancakes? That shit's not happening. <laughs> so fuck that guy. Fuck you. I'm glad. It's funny. Jeff says that tongue in cheek, but we literally had French toast and pancakes at least in. Yeah. <laughs> we sure did. We sure fucking did, cowboy. That's it. All the rest of you sitting there, you heavy breathing motherfuckers. That's it. All right. All right. We'll be back uh, Wednesday. Yeah, we don't have anything Monday or Tuesday, no. right? We'll take Monday and Tuesday off. We'll come back Wednesday with Tabitha Lipkin. All right. We'll see you Monday or Tuesday, or uh, we'll see you Wednesday with Tabitha Lipkin. Don't forget Josh Lewin probably next week. I believe it's uh, Sunday night. Cool. Start getting ready. I think all the other shows, all the old shows should be up on the website too by now if you missed any of them. Are they going up they're today? All, well, they're all up on, uh, they're all up through iTunes, everything else Great. right now. iTunes, SoundCloud SoundCloud. Too? Perfect. Check them all out there. Email us if you want. Uh, Dave, what's your email? Uh, Dave Palais at yahoo.com. Uh, I believe you can also email us through the website because I'm not comfortable giving out my personal email, even though <laughs> you can email Dave. I'm kidding. JPDots at the yahoo.com. <laughs> and uh, thanks to everybody for supporting the show. We sure appreciate it. It's going to be a fun 2019. All right. Take care. So oh.